Welcome everyone, welcome back to the fourth quarter comeback. I am your host, Six Pack, Pat O'Connor, along with Red Zone Rick. Rick, how you doing? I'm doing good, Pat. Feeling a little under the weather, but I'm doing good. Ready to get this show on the road. Little vitamin C will do you good. You'll be up and running in no time. I choose Grandpa's old cough medicine. <laughs> That'll do it just fine, too. Uh, I know it's been a little while. I'd like to apologize on behalf of the show and myself and Rick that uh, we've had a little bit of a soundboard issue. We've had some problems with the audio. We actually did record a Super Bowl review show, and maybe someday I'll be able to get it fixed, and that'll be a lost episode. But uh, I do apologize for the downtime. I know you've all missed us so much, but uh, yeah, here we are, ready to talk about it all. We are in the meat and potatoes, the business side of football. We are in the off season, which as a Raider fan and a Jet fan, too, you uh, you know all too well. That's unfortunately the best time for business for, for us. So, Rick, uh, let's just... Give everybody a, a quick synopsis. We don't want to bog it everything, everyone down. We're past it. The Patriots, they won the Super Bowl, 13-3, low scoring, not a very fun affair. It was not a great game. The defense, there were a couple of good defensive plays, but let's not fool anybody into saying that this was a good defensive game. It was not that. Goff was missing a lot of open throws. He missed quite a few. Cooks dropped a touchdown in the end zone there. There were just far too many inept plays on the offensive side of the ball. I did not care for the Super Bowl, Rick. What about you? Yeah, going back to, you know, the lost audio that we can't find right now. I think we went over this. Golf shit the bed that day. It was just a bad day for, for the Rams. You know, you got Todd Gurley. You don't use him in the most important game of the season. You're going up against, you know, one of the greatest dynasties in, in the league, in the history of the league. You know what I'm saying? And I think that the Rams all around just shit the bed. You know what I'm saying? The Patriots didn't do anything that was overly great to win the game. I think the Rams just let it go. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, Goff just, he, he short-armed it. He was trying to make up for missing Cooks that first time when he was wide open in the end zone. So he tried slinging it too quick. He was off his back foot and just threw a short interception to Gilmore. That cost him. Like you said, Gurley getting, what, three touches in the first half? That's insane. It's not like yeah. Gurley was hurt. There's some kind of disconnect between McVay, Goff, the offense, and Gurley. Something's going on there. We're going to have to wait and see in the, the future what it holds for Gurley and the Rams because he was the fastest player all game. He broke Patrick Chung's arm in that collision. I mean, Gurley was okay. So I'm not sure what happened there, but once he got a few good plays going, the penalties, they were killing him. They started pulling those back. And what can I say? The Patriots, they pulled it off. They got another one, record-tying six Super Bowl with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're up there. The only thing I can say to that is Patriots and Patriot fans, uh, yeah, guess what? You can't claim the underdog status. You're not allowed. It's bullshit, okay? It's, you. oh, nobody believed in us. Nobody was picking us. I'm sorry, so we can't ever pick against you in a game. Nobody came into this not giving you a chance. If ever there was a team that was given at every step of the way, 
a potential shot in anybody's mind to win a Super Bowl, it was the fucking Patriots, okay? <laughs> Can we all agree on that? Yes. If, I mean, we all if, need to agree on that. If there was okay? any point in the season, you'd say, hmm, well, if there was one team that you'd say you'd had to put your money on to win the Super Bowl, people are going to think the Patriots, no matter what. That's just the situation that it's been with Belichick and even Brady for quite a long time now. That was last season, though, and we are going to move on out to the postseason, to the next season. Rick, any last words on the Super Bowl? Shit show. I agree. Next up now, we are in the offseason, and some crazy shit likes to go down. Uh, first up, going down to the Browns. Kareem Hunt has been signed by the Cleveland Browns, which, not the destination a lot of people thought. He, a lot of people were thinking maybe Chicago or a few other places, maybe Philly. Who knows? But uh, you've got Duke Johnson, who I'm looking will probably be shipped out somewhere along the way. And you definitely have Nick Chubb, who I like. He's a very good running back. I preferred him over Sony Michelle coming out of Georgia and still kind of do. They had a solid backfield, but now they have one of the better backfields in the league, potentially, if Kareem Hunt is reinstated, is healthy, and is ready to go. Rick, what do you think about Kareem Hunt going to the Browns? I like it for, you know, on-field purposes. Yeah, it's a great move, you know. You add another another running back to your, to your team, you know. You got Nick Chubb and... Now you got Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt could catch some passes out of the backfield because I think that's more his forte than uh, than Nick Chubb. But um, I think it provides another weapon to this offense, you know, another great tool Ooh, for Baker Mayfield. Interesting choice of words. A lethal <laughs> weapon himself, Kareem Hunt. Oh, man. <laughs> I like the move when it comes to a football standpoint. You know, what you're going to get on the field as far as production and things like that and you know, like I said, it's just, it's just another weapon for Baker Mayfield, you know what I mean, to help his development down the road. He's going to have a great running game to lean on. You know what I'm saying? He already showed that he could throw the ball. Now you add that dimension of the play-action pass. So, you know, it's, it's great for them in that sense. Now, when you take it back, you know, you take it out of football context, and, you know, I'm not down with domestic violence. I, I think you're, you know. know. The, you know the show other. is very firmly against domestic violence, everybody. Yeah. We, I we're think, not going to drive we, that home every second. We do not believe in that. We are very much against it. So, there you go. So, as far as that, you know, like, eh, I, I would have waited. You know, I would let the guy serve a suspension before I would have tried to pick him up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know that that's. You know, it's it. You got to get them now in this league. That's you know what I'm saying? saying? Isn't that where the, it's kind of a bold move, and it's essentially kind of a smart move, where they're saying we've seen the tapes, we've heard the footage, we did the research, we feel comfortable enough to bring this guy in because we feel like he's been a, a model citizen after this event. After he was cut loose by the Chiefs, he's been doing nothing but going to meetings, he's been in rehabs, he's been doing everything he could, which we called for. He has to do everything he can to rehab both his personal well-being and his image. And it seems like he's on the right track to doing all of those things. Now, isn't it in the best interest for the Browns and that organization to say, fuck it, let's jump on this thing now, let's get ahead of it and get ahead of everybody else, because this guy's a talent and we can figure it out as we go along. If we find out things are worse 
than we initially feared, then we can just end up cutting them loose. We can get rid of them. No big deal. I don't even think they'll lose any money on that. I'm not sure. But if they wait and let's say there's 10 other teams that are interested in them, they might lose their place in that line. But by jumping ahead and scooping them up, getting his loyalty, so for the long run, maybe that works out. I think it might be better to be ahead of the curve on this one and just secure the talent. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. When it comes to, you know, when it comes to football, yeah, you want to get them in, you want to get them in now. You have to get him in now because you know that there's going to be a market for this guy. You know, he's 23 years old. He's put up big numbers in Kansas City in that offense. So, of course, there's going to be a market for this guy. But, you know, when it comes to an ethical standpoint, uh, you know, I, me personally, I'm passing. Uh, you know, like it, it, it'll be easy in my mind to just not pick Kareem Hunt up off, based off of my ethical background. You know what I'm saying? What I feel is the right thing, you know what I'm saying? I, I would wait. I would let this guy rehabilitate himself before I took a chance on him. Of course, it's a business, and, you know, it's in a team's best interest to let the guy rehabilitate himself while he's on their team. I don't want it to seem like, you know, I think this guy did some all-time wrong with the video that we saw. Yeah, you know, he put his hands on a female, which is which is really bad, egregiously bad, you know what I'm saying? But let's not forget that this guy's, you know, since that incident, three other incidents have come up behind that. You know what I'm saying? So he's got a track record now, all right? So now you're taking a risk. He has a track record of getting into problems, getting into physical altercations, you know? So I think the only thing I'll say to that is, yes, he does have that track record now. Everything came out at once, for the most part. I mean, there were there were whispers, you know, about the other things. But once the videotape came out, everything else just cascaded. Everything it was a big domino effect. And then Every, on top of- everything came out. So to me, I, I feel like that's all one offense in a way where, OK, now everything's out. He has a chance to learn from this and move forward and make oh. it good. And Another the, the one of the most egregious things that he did wrong was they gave him the opportunity to come clean and he lied. Well, I agree with you on that. Yes, he lied. They gave they sat him down, told him, we're going to have your back. Just tell us what happened. And he lied. That's why Kansas City, let, you know, let, let's take the time to remember why Kansas City let him go. Because he lied. They gave him an opportunity to come clean. He probably would have faced suspension and still been a Kansas City Chief had he not lied. He lied to Kansas City, to the Chiefs front office, the organization, the owners, whoever questioned him on the situation. He lied about it when they gave him the chance. Exactly, exactly. So I'm saying this all counts as the one big event, all right? Everything blew up right then and there. That was it. He lied. Everything was coming up. He did all that shit. He lied. He got cut. Here we are now. That was it. That's all over. It's not over entirely, obviously. But now he has to go forward and move and grow and fix himself and fix everything else going on around him. So to me, I feel like it's it's not like he did something, got caught, suspended, fucked up. 
out of the league. Okay, comes back, did this again. Videotape, caught, suspended, move on. To, you know, he's not some huge repeat offender where he's getting punished repeatedly, but then still doing it. You know what I mean? Sometimes people, let's be honest, we're all human beings. Sometimes we do some stupid shit. And then if we don't get caught and we start getting away with it, then we feel carefree. We feel, you know, we're invincible. We just kind of let it steamroll. We start, you know, moving along with it. And it just gets worse and worse and worse until you finally get caught and it finally blows up in your face. To me, that's kind of how it happened. And if you don't learn from your mistakes, you're the true idiot. And I feel like he may be learning from his mistakes because it all finally caught up to him and blew up. Now, should it have happened before? Yeah, you're an adult. Learn from what the fuck you're doing and be responsible. But he didn't. This is how it happened. I don't blame Cleveland for trying to jump ahead of the line, scoop him up, and you just wait and see. Because if everything works out, it was a great move. If it doesn't work out, then you just prove how good your morals and ethics are, and you just cut them. You know what I mean? It, it, to me, there's no harm, no foul here. Does it really say something that terrible if they tried to give him a second chance and it turns out things were a little bit worse than initially feared, so they just have to pull back? Is that really that bad? No, not really. Unless you make a you know, roster-altering move to bring the guy in. You know what I'm saying? You you give up on somebody like a Duke Johnson who is a viable threat out of the backfield as far as receiving the ball, That's you know, the catching the ball out That's of the backfield. That's why I think they're not going to get rid of Duke anytime soon. I feel like if Hunt clears waivers and all that stuff, they'll probably, I mean, keep, you know, they'll probably keep Duke that, for this year, you know? Like I said, my initial thought when the Browns picked him up was, wow, you know, that's a big move for them. You know, he's going to give them production on the field. My second thought was I wouldn't have picked him up. And I think that says all we need to say is that that was the order of your thoughts. You know what I mean? And that's that's not a shot at you. That's just noticing how almost all of us think about that. Everybody out there probably thought the same way. 100%. That's, uh, yep, wow, 100%. that's a great move by Cleveland. Huh. That's a risky move. That's <laughs> You know, it's, and it's not, uh, I was saying this to someone else I was talking to him. I say, you know, it's, they're giving this guy a second chance. They're trying to figure things out and they're going to move along. It's a very fluid situation. Uh, next up, Rick, we have a, a trade that's been agreed to on principle. John Elway. He has decided to make a trade. The quarterback elite, my friend, he's made it happen again. Huge moves in Denver. Rick, Joe Flacco. Yeah. Do you hear that? Do you hear the angel sirens coming on from the heavens as Denver (coughs) fans rejoice in that Joe Flacco, their savior, has finally arrived? (laughs) Case Keenum. Wait, wait, Case Keenum, Joe Flacco. I'm confused. If you just look at the stats and you look at everything else, I guess Flacco once upon a time had a Super Bowl... Rick, is this just a dumpster fire? Should Elway be fired for all this shit? Is Joe Flacco even an answer? I mean, what are we talking about here? Joe Flacco getting traded to the Broncos for a middle-round pick. I mean, come on, John. What are you doing? You could have taken that middle-round pick and offered it to New Orleans and tried to get Teddy B. That would have been a more respectable move. At least the guy's young. You know what I mean? He was a winner. 
that didn't turn the ball over. You know what I'm saying? It was a shot that you could have taken. But Joe Flacco, what is he going to give you right now? What do you think? They're going to be a win-now team next year? Are you kidding me? He doesn't make you a win-now team. Jesus Christ. John Owen needs to go, man. He thinks that he's like some all-time quarterback guru. He can he can pick out a quarterback from from anywhere. Like he sucks. If it wasn't for Peyton Manning being fucking hand served to him, who else did he ever develop? Who Literally did he bring nobody. on? Who did he bring on that was good? Who did he scout that was really decent? Well, Paxton Lynch. Oh wait, um, no, uh, um, Trevor Simeon. <laughs> Not him. No. Oh, shit. Hmm. Yeah. Nobody, Rick. He's fucking awful, all right? Case Keenum. Uh, there's another idiot I'm forgetting in there somewhere. Brockweiler. Brockweiler. Yes, Brockweiler. The one that got away, but then came back anyway. It was, uh, yeah. John Elway is a terrible, terrible GM in that sense, he people think that he can find quarterbacks for some reason. He cannot. He's had better luck on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, an easy pick and Von Miller there. I mean, he's just had defensive uh, free agents basically fall into his lap. It's Talib. It's just not. It doesn't make sense. All right, but it does make sense in the sense that Pat Boland died, and the ownership has basically been a clusterfuck. It's been up in the air. So there's really no leadership going on in Denver. It's a family feud right now, and John always just sitting there, derp, 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 derp. Oh, just throwing the dartboard at mediocre quarterbacks and uh, seeing what sticks. So. I want to know at what point did John Elway become like some some guy that you know everyone thought was like this great talent evaluator? Like where, when? You know what I mean? Just because you were a, a decent quarterback when you played, some people will call you great. I call you decent. Just because you were a decent quarterback when you played doesn't make you a fucking quarterback scout like you know everything about that's what the thing make you get roped into that front office you you buy that loyalty over time i guess and those guys just fell absolutely in love with them and this is how it happened somebody there in denver thought that and then word started to spread and the media of course loved the story of it all so they seemed to think it fit but let's be honest, it hasn't fit at all. It doesn't make sense. Flacco is just going to toil in misery there. They're probably still going to spend their uh, their pick there and end up getting another quarterback. You I think they're still going to go with Locke? Yeah, you think I, think still gonna... I think they're still going to try to go with Locke. I think this is basically insurance to not have to trade up. So they're going to be content and they're going to sit there. Not that I think Locke was going to go any earlier anyway but uh i think they're just gonna stay put and i think they will take lock i this do, is gonna be a I wild draft that, yeah it's gonna be a crazy draft it's gonna be a crazy uh free agency it's gonna yep. be a very interesting offseason i think the trading in the nfl has changed very much over the past few years people are not as gun shy as they once were to pull no. off trades so yep. we're uh, we're gonna see a lot more going. I don't on think anyone's untouchable anymore. No, not even close. 
So, yeah, there you have it. Joe Flacco to the Broncos. They're already moving on. Who the hell knows what's going to happen to Keenum? Maybe maybe we just set the world right again. We send Keenum back to Minnesota. Keenum is going to Washington. And it uh, comes full circle. It's all just one big mess. And know who I have to blame for that mess? Who's that? John motherfucking Elway. <laughs> all right. Let's move on. Antonio Brown. Rick, Antonio Brown, he's at it again. Shenanigans season has started, and he is calling a shot. He put out some tweets or Instagram posts, whatever the hell he does on social media, basically saying farewell to the fans. He had a good time, but it's time to play for his own team. And he has demanded a trade, which apparently the Steelers are saying, they were going to trade him anyway, so really no huge power play here. I guess uh, Mr. Rooney there, the owner, would like to meet with Antonio Brown down in Florida, and at first he rejected that offer, but now I believe just out of common courtesy and to kind of show his professional side to the other 31 teams, he is going to meet with Rooney, but there's really no salvaging the relationship. He is going to be moved along in the offseason I believe he has to be moved before St. Patrick's Day, before some money kicks in. So it's not going to be long. We have uh, no more than a month before Antonio Brown will be on a new team. What do you think about the whole situation, Rick? And any idea? Where do you want him to go? Where do you think he will go? I know we've talked about this a few times, but... Antonio Brown reminds me so much of Santonio Holmes. Oh, my God. So you think he's going to be a Jet? I want Antonio so bad, but I'm afraid that he's going to turn into, like, a locker room disaster for us. But I'm willing to take the one- or two-year run that we might have to get to the Super Bowl just to have him in the locker room. So you you just want the Steelers off. You want Bell and Brown and Darnold, and you're just hoping that carries you all the way through. Yes. Why wouldn't I? Wouldn't that be stupid? I'm not taking not a shot. To? I'm just curious. <laughs> if, if Is we'll Bell know, not course, one of the best there. running backs in the league right now? Right now, no. He's been absent for a year. But Would you still not put him top five if he came back tomorrow? You know what? I'd have to really consider that. Top five? We've seen you know some what? talented Saquon coming in. You know what? He he's right on the fringe. We're, he's listen, right on the fringe. I'm, listen, not, I'm not saying he's. We're not going to talk player. about it right now. We'll save that for the next show. We'll make that a topic on the next show. Is Le'Veon Bell a top five running back if he comes back? But, is Antonio Brown a top five receiver right now? He's a top two. Receiver. Why wouldn't I? So so why wouldn't I want one of them? Why wouldn't I want both of them? I didn't say you shouldn't want them. I'm of asking course I want you. Them. Oh, so you want them? Yes, both of them. And I'm willing to take take on the risk that comes with signing them for oh, what a quick brave, production. What a brave choice you've made here. <laughs> what a selfless, uh, active contrition you've made. To, you're willing to sacrifice the well-being of mankind and the possible foils for the Jets to potentially finally dig yourself out of the drudgery that is the bottom of the AFC East and the dominance of the Patriots. To set up Sam Darnold and Crazy Eyes Gates to uh, get to the playoffs. 50 years. Yeah, 50 years. The problem is, uh, trade-wise, you don't really have the ammunition 
They're yeah, saying that they would give him up for a third round pick. I would do that in a heartbeat. That's bullshit. He'd be gone today if it was a third round pick. I can I can speak for John. I, Rudin I thought the same thing. <laughs> I thought the same thing. But listen, if it's if all it's going to take to get him is a third round pick, I would give it up. The Jets don't have a second rounder. We have a first round, the the number three pick. We don't have a second rounder. And okay? that's where your problem is. That's fine. We trade the third rounder. We trade back in the first round to get back the second rounder. We don't have a third rounder this year because, you know, we traded it away for Antonio Brown, which I'm totally fine for. And we continue on down the road trying to make trades. Right, for, clarity trade sake here, for clarity's sake, what is the minimum price that Antonio Brown will fetch for getting traded? What is the minimum price? The third, a third, third round choice. A third round choice. Minimum. Out of your fucking mind. If you think he's going for anything less than a second, you're out of your mind. Telling you, Pat. No, I'm telling you, Rick, that somebody, listen, this is where the Steelers will open up the bidding and somebody will offer a third. Somebody already has offered a third. Probably 10 people have offered thirds. But this is where it comes in where, oh, well, we want him, so we're going to offer a a late second. Well, we want him, so, okay, we'll offer our mid-second. Okay, well, well, we'll offer up our early Second pick. And that's fine. I expect There's the Jets no to get a trade done. That he is not going to go for I expect the second. I expect the Jets to trade back in the first round, pick up an extra second round pick, pick up a later round pick, whether it be a fourth or a fifth. We'll have the ammunition to get Antonio Brown if he... But he's going to be he, long gone by then. No. He has to get traded before the draft. And we may make a move. No, you're not making those moves that early. You're not making all those moves by... The beginning of the league year? No way. Bro. Bruh. Listen, trust me. It's not happening that way. You guys are going to have to do Let something. me fucking dream. You can dream all you want. You, Le'Veon Bell is probably going to be yours. Either that or Indianapolis or Houston. But uh, I just don't see Antonio Brown necessarily going to the Jets. Just because you don't have a second rounder to give up. I'm not saying they can't make a move and pick up some second rounder. Like, if they fall in love, they feel it's the best move, they can make some other kind of moves. But I don't see them moving back from three, picking up this, getting another second, moving that around, and then trading that all off for Brown in time. I just don't see that happening for you. But dream away. So there it is. Antonio Brown, he also did a little AMA on Reddit, basically saying that uh, Big Ben as a, a bit of a, a ownership mentality where he just calls people out and isn't really accountable in that way. And all the players know it, but he doesn't really appreciate that because he doesn't feel the mutual respect. He feels like Big Ben's kind of more like an owner in that sense where he feels he can do and say whatever he wants. He can call out anyone, including coaches. So that's a pretty interesting perspective. And he definitely called out Tomlin, too, for saying that that Tomlin called out AB for not being ready to practice or play or anything for just small minor injuries. And then after calling him out, he wanted him to stand there and watch the games. And Antonio Brown was not comfortable with that. And that's, and he feels the blame for missing the playoffs. It was kind of pushed onto him. So obviously things have fallen into disrepair in Pittsburgh for Antonio Brown. Going to be very curious to see where he goes. He's still one of, if not the, best receivers in the game. I'm thinking he probably lands in San Francisco. 
Imagine, imagine he ends up in Indianapolis. I'd be pretty damn scared, because Indy, Indy already looks good. There, we're both very high on Indy still, and if they were to get AB someone and like Ty and Ty ooh. and Luck, ooh. Ooh. man, go out and get a running back. Maybe I like Mac, but I mean, if they got a real serious running back, see what I this this is what I think. I think if someone gets AB. Bell will follow. I think, yeah, exactly. Unless he goes to some place that can't afford both of them, which in turn, I think he just goes to the Texans where there's already a number one receiver. But I don't think there's anywhere out there that he would go that couldn't afford him. That's the thing. Oakland could afford him. San Fran could afford him. Indy, the Jets, all these teams can easily afford both those contracts. So I think anywhere that AB goes would be able to afford Bell if that's how they wanted to do it. And I agree with you. I think the same thing. I was thinking about both of them in Oakland. Uh, I don't think Bell would go to San Francisco. I could see both of them going somewhere together. And I, and you know what? I guess there's a part of me that believes that they're doing this, you know, like cohesively. They're doing this on purpose. Oh, they've definitely been in contact for basically the whole year. You can tell just the way that Brown responds. And you could he started all this when Bell ended yeah, up sitting exactly. out. So, I mean, you, you can tell there's obviously a camaraderie there one way or the other. And they're sticking together on this. Now, will they stick together to the point where they end up in the same place? We'll have to wait and see. But, man, that's an interesting... Very interesting thought, and it does happen. You have to vault that team and that offense to a top tier in oh, the yeah. league, no matter what happens, because you just yep. added one of the top backs in the league and one of the top receivers in the league. Yep. But one thing's for sure, Antonio Brown will not be a stealer, and whoever gets him is going to get one hell of a talent, and their offense is going to get exponentially better. Except for the Patriots. Patriot fans, stop being so fucking stupid. Get outside your bubble for two seconds. There's no way the Steelers are trading you, Antonio Brown, okay? Get past that. I've heard so many people living in New England saying how, oh, trade him to New England. This will be great. They We could give him our first and this and that. Dude, the Steelers are not giving you Antonio Brown. Get fucking real. No way, no how. No chance in hell. Rick, did you watch any of the Alliance, the AAF? Brand new football league out there. We'll give it a quick shout out here. Not only did I watch it, I'm actually really, really intrigued by this. You know what I'm saying? And it's it's given me more intrigue for the XFL when the XFL comes out. Like, I want more football. I love football. I like the AAF. I like what they kind of are trying to turn it into an NFL developmental league, which is great. You know what I mean? Like it's going to produce talent. Not only, not only does it, you know, give you actual game time and game action and things that you can reference as far as scouting and things like that, but it's giving the player, you know, experience and coaches, you know what I'm saying? Like it's just so great for the league, for football in general, it's going to, you know, it's going to be great. I, I, oh, man, I can't say enough about it. More football. Give me yeah, more. Absolutely. More football. More great football on the horizon out there. 
Maybe not from guys like Christian Hackenberg. <laughs> or uh, what's the other guy's name? Bracovici or whatever. Man, Bercovici. Bercovici. Um, Bercovici. There you go. Bercovici. Yeah. I mean, so they're not, not all going to be hits, ladies and gentlemen. But stay fast. Stay tuned. The Alliance. Yeah, our, the XFL. Understand that. You know, this is going to be a growing process. Everybody... Would you? Because the reports supposedly were that Tim Tebow and Colin Kaepernick were approached. Tebow, he said, uh, he is more interested in pursuing baseball. That is his career now. And supposedly Colin Kaepernick asked for $20-plus million. If you were the Alliance, would you have paid Colin Kaepernick $20 million to play in the league? No. Because it takes away from what I'm trying to build, which is a developmental league for the NFL. I'm not going to pay you $20 million for you to pay in my league when you could play in the NFL, in my opinion. You're just not going to be signed. So you playing in the AAF, it's not really doing anything except for bringing viewers you know, to watch the games because you're a high-profile name. And Rick, does that improve the quality of the game if someone like Kaepernick was playing in it? Uh, the answer I don't want to yes. say. The answer would be yes. Does that improve the the, the, uh, the the presence, the mainstream media, the notoriety of the league and all? Yeah, of course. of course. Of course. Yes, of course it does. Okay. Of course it does. Now, but as, you're also as a get young the... enough quarterback in the league, but someone with experience that can shed Shed uh, and share the wealth of knowledge that he may or may not have, but also at the same time still be working towards getting a job himself. Dude, listen to me. You're not going to go to the AAF, who is not the NFL, and get paid $20 million. That's not how this works. Of course not. And they never should. Tebow's not getting paid Alex Rodriguez money in AAA ball. That's not how it works. Tebow's not getting paid a rod money in fucking major league baseball. <laughs> okay, like that's now how that's not how life works, bro. You know, you don't have a, a D league player making two hundred and forty million on a max contract. Okay, it's wait a minute it, though. Wait a minute. If LeBron James went there and said, "Listen, I just I I just want to do this now." This is where I want to help this grow. I want my spotlight to be here. I want to grow this team, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But you got to pay no me. No way amount. would they pay him. No way. See, no way. I feel like maybe twenty million is high. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say the exact amount, but I feel like a good negotiation would have been a smart idea. I don't know how far they went with their negotiations, but I do feel like it would have been pretty damn smart to get someone like Kaepernick on board just to go with it, just to see what they could do. But you got to wonder, they're this closely affiliated with the NFL. Was it real? You know, was it, were they really trying to sign him on board or was this almost a, a mea culpa in a way and just, Hey, you know, we, uh, yeah, we really don't, we're not blackballing you, you know, just so you know, like you have a chance to be in this league and just to give them something. And now you see how it all worked out. Rick, glad to have you back. Glad to be back on and hopefully no more audio 
issues at all. We are glad to be back for all of you out there. We thank you for sticking with us, especially through all the crap, all the silence. You know, we really do apologize for it, and we're just really happy that you're sticking with us. So stick with us on social media. Stick with us on the Fourth Quarter Comeback Facebook page. You can find us on, you can find us at 4QC Show. You can find me at Six Pack Pat with the number six. And you can find Rick at Rick Red Zone. Rick Red Zone. We look forward to a long, prosperous, very fun, entertaining off season. It all starts here. We look forward to next week's show. And Rick, any final words? Come back to us next week, man. We got a nice big show coming up for you. Our year-end review, uh, all the things that transpired this last season. We're going to be coming at you with a bunch of stuff. So please tune in. We've been gone for a while, but we're definitely going to step it up. We're going to ramp it up right now for the off season. Tune in next week and get your fix on what we think is going to go on in the off season, as well as what we thought were big-time moments in this last season. Jam-packed content. We have the scouting combine coming up right around the corner, and that is going to be a big one. We're going to be nitpicking through all of that action and start giving up our first thoughts on the draft. So look forward to all the off-season events transpiring, and as Rick said, the year in review coming up next week. So... Thank you very much, everyone, for listening, and as always, enjoy the football.